No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We all go through times of fear or when something is troubling us. Today we'll see how God handled these emotions in his servant Abraham. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. We know Abraham as the father of faith, but Abraham was also a warrior. He went against four kings from the east and slaughtered them. Well, at least he routed their armies. And he was able to get Lot back. And on his way back, he encountered two people, two kings. One was the king of Sodom who came out. The other one was a mysterious person by the name of Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blessed Abram and Abram gave him a tenth of all of the spoil. And then the king of Sodom came out. And it says in Genesis chapter 14, verse 21, where we pick it up today. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. This was really a test for Abram, you know, and it seems like so often times when we encounter a great victory in some area of our life spiritually, you can almost bank on the fact that there's going to be a trial or a temptation and something to test us. And this is exactly what happened to Abram. He had this great victory and here comes the king of Sodom. And the thing is the king, his name was Bera, which means son of evil. And Sodom, that word means burning. So that ought to tell you something right there. Uh, And so often it's these tests, these temptations that come ultimately from the enemy. But his whole offer was, he just said, look, Abram, you know, you can keep all of the goods that you took from Sodom because Sodom was one of the countries that had been defeated. He said, you can keep those goods, but uh, give us the people back. But you know what? Abram really, honestly, he could have had both. I mean, that was part of the spoils of war. Um, So this guy was just trying to make Abram an offer, maybe thinking that he's, you know, a righteous guy. Maybe he'll go for this. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God, most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap. And then I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say I have made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, Eshkel, Mamre, let them take their portion. So, you know, obviously Abram had made a covenant agreement, a pledge with the Lord before he ever went out. And I I just imagine when he got word that uh, these kings had come from the east and were victorious over the five kings of the plain and that lot was captured it's probably when he just made a pledge to the lord and said lord if you will get me back here safely you know i'm gonna go and and rescue my nephew you get me back here safely i'm not gonna take any spoil and this is not about me getting the spoil of warfare this is about me rescuing my nephew lot and so he made this pledge to the Lord. And it's so important that if we ever make a vow to the Lord that we keep it. And so here's a temptation, you know, he could have had all this extra stuff, the spoils of warfare, but he said, listen, no, I'm not going to take not even a shoelace from you because I made a pact with the Lord 
that I'm not going to let you take credit for all that God has given me. Remember, Abram is already a wealthy man. I mean, he's literally loaded down with wealth. And so uh, he, he refused to take that and passed the test. In all of these things, we have to just beware of the enemy's tactics to just derail us because he's always out there to try to deliver something, make it look good, get us to take the bait, uh, and he hides the hook, you know? And so that was the case for Abram. Now, I think this, at this point, this would have been really the ideal time for Lot to get out of Sodom um, because, you know, before he had pitched his tent towards Sodom, then he was living in Sodom, and then, you know, when Sodom got judged, really, then he was part of that. And that's the problem when we are entangled with the things of this world, with, with that which is headed for destruction. Um, when it gets judged, we'll get judged with it. So Lot would have been a lot better off hanging out close by. I mean, they had to separate because they had so much stuff. Lot and Abram had to separate. But it, Lot would have been better off somewhere in the land of Canaan uh, rather than in Sodom. This would have been the ideal opportunity for him to sort of wake up and smell the coffee, you know, and get out of Sodom while he had the chance, but he didn't. So you see Abram passing the test. You see Lot, a man of the flesh, not passing the test. And we'll see that that moving back to Sodom, and really the next time he would be a, a city leader in Sodom, uh, that would be the gravest mistake that Lot would ever make. Well, we pick it up now, Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. You know, anytime God comes to us and says, Do not be afraid or fear not, uh, it's it's because he knows us pretty well. And uh, that is an emotion that we as humans um, have pretty easily. The emotion of fear. But we can understand why this would have been the case with Abram. I mean, think about it. He had just defeated four kings of the east, and these guys had a reputation for coming back with a vengeance. And here's Abram with his 318 servants uh, that are trained for war, and he's just living out in the tent, out in the out in the boonies, you know. He was he was just a sitting sitting duck, you know. So I'm sure that he was afraid. And the Lord said, listen, don't be afraid, Abram, because I am your shield and I am your reward. Uh, I'm going to protect you. And, you know, just knowing that God is our protection, that no matter what happens, he will be our shield as we trust in him. It says in Psalm 121, verse 3, he will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, He who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. Isn't that great to know? You might fall asleep, but the one who is your shield never will. And then the Lord said to uh, Abram, he said, I'm also your exceedingly great reward. Now keep in mind, Abram has just denied himself getting this great reward from the king of Sodom. And so now the Lord says, hey, look, I am your reward, Abram. And you think about that. You think about the reward of the Lord when he is your portion. He's eternal. He's never going to fade away. You know, There's not going to be some stock market crash that brings God down, as opposed to the earthly rewards that we can have. 
If the Lord is your portion, he is an exceedingly great portion. And, uh, and that's the comfort that the Lord brought to Abram. And I, and I would say, you know, if you come from a place of victory and then you hit a place of temptation, and if you pass that place of temptation, the Lord is so faithful to give you his reward. Best to wait for that, even though it may take a while. <laughs> Verse two, but Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring and indeed one born in my house is my heir. Abram's like, okay, well, it's great that you're going to be my shield and my exceedingly great reward, but here, we got a, we got a problem here, Lord. I still don't have any kids. You've promised me all of these descendants and a nation and so forth, but I mean, I, I don't have any kids. A- Abram's probably 85 years old now. He's looking around. His servants have kids. The Canaanite neighbors have kids. Everybody's got kids except him and Sarah, and so... Lord, my heir is my servant, Eleazar. And, and I think the beautiful thing here about Abram is that he was honest with God. And I think that is so important that we are honest with God. I think sometimes, you know, we, we hold back. Uh, we don't really tell God the way it is, what we're really feeling. It's crazy. He already knows what we feel. And the Lord didn't criticize Abram for this. He, he listened to him, you know. The word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and he said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. I love this. I mean, number one, I love going up into the mountains and looking at the stars. Can't always see it from... uh, from the city and I'm from California and you couldn't see it through the smog in California here in Idaho we have it's not as much smog but getting away and getting up into the mountains on a summer night away from the city lights and uh, seeing the Milky Way and so forth you know you try to count the stars and and that would have been what it was like for Abram as the Lord said look can you count those and just as you cannot count the stars Abram you won't be able to number your descendants. So remember, the Lord had already told Abraham, hey, if you can count the dust, you can count your descendants. If you look down and count the dust, you can count your descendants. If you look up and can count the stars, you can count your descendants. Either way he looked, down or up, it would be a reminder that God was going to give him an innumerable number of descendants. Verse six, and he believed in the Lord, And he accounted it to him for righteousness. This verse is so important in the Bible. It's actually repeated three times in the New Testament, in Galatians, Romans, and James. And this is really what made Abram so great, is he simply believed what God had said. God told him, look up, count the stars. And Abram believed the Lord, and God credited that to him as righteousness or accounted it to him for righteousness. Three really major words here. First off, that Abram believed. The Hebrew word means to lean your whole weight upon. That's what it means to believe. When the Lord tells us that we 
need to believe in him. That means that we are leaning our entire weight upon him. That's the kind of faith that pleases God. That's the kind of faith that Abram had. He just looked up to the sky, saw the stars. God said it. In fact, you know, my great grandfather, I never knew him, but he had this saying, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And it was that sort of faith that Abram had. And it says here that the Lord accounted this as righteousness. This is like from the the world of debits and credits. And, And God says, okay, I'm going to credit to your account, Abram, my perfect righteousness, not for anything you've done, but simply because you have believed. That, my friends, is the gospel. That God credits the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ to our account just because we have believed in him. We look at the cross. We look at what he did for us. And we believe in him. And God says, yes, you are justified in my sight. I am just as if I'd never sinned when I believe in Jesus Christ. And God credits that to us for righteousness. It is foundational for our justification by faith. Well, we're out of time here this morning, so God bless you. Continue to study the Bible through the Word, and we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. If you'd like to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or find out more about the church, feel free to stop by the website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. You'll also find an email address there, and we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line. Did you know that you can be right where God has called you to be and yet still go through a time of spiritual darkness? Join us tomorrow as we see how this happened to Abraham and his descendants. Next time on Simply the Bible.